This week's Parsha is Parshat Pikudei. And in this week's Parsha, we look at the second Pasuk. Look at the second Pasuk. And it says, speaks about Bitzalel. Now, in already many, many weeks, many Pashiot that passed, we already saw Bitzalel, how Hashem chose Bitzalel specifically. He told Moshe that I mean Bitzalel specifically to have him watch over everybody, everything that happens under him. So we have in this week's parasha, in the second pasuk, Bitzalel ben Uri ben Chul Matei Yehuda asa et kol asher tziva Hashem et Moshe. So, question is, how did Bitzalel, that Chazal say that he was a very, very young, how did he get the schut to do all this? Why, why him? Why not some other, some other person? So we see that Bitzalel, who, who was he? Bitzalel, Ben Uri, Ben Chur, Lamatei Yehuda, who was, you have to look at who the, who his ancestors was. You have to, whenever you, you have someone, usually it has something to do with his schud avot. Now, Ben Uri Ben Khu. Who was Khu? So why did Basala get this schud? We see in Pashat Kitisa, the whole entire thing with the Chet Egel, unfortunately, Am Yisrael did this Avodah Zarah. And, and the Midrashim bring a story. Basically, Am Yisrael started the whole, they had the whole, made the calf, and had this whole Avodah Zarah. The Midrashim explain a little bit how it started, how it got to there. So they came, they saw the Moshe wasn't coming down, wasn't coming down from the mountain that he said was going to come down. They miscalculated about six hours. And they said, listen, he's not back. Maybe he died. I think that uh, the Midrashim say that the Satan showed, showed them his casket. Basically showed him, Moshe died. You're, you're all by yourself. You all got scared. They went to the Gudre Let's do something about it. First, they went to Chul. Chul, Betzalel is grandfather. They went to Chur and they told him, Betzalel, uh, they told him, Chur, make for us, make for us a replacement for Moshe. Now what did they want to do? They wanted to make a Pesel. They wanted to make a statue, a god, so to speak. Now, Gdorado, if you hear this, what do you say? Gdorado, the Chur, didn't say, okay, fine, maybe, let's do it, let's think about it. Right away, what Gdorado was supposed to do, he came and he was moche. He screamed, he said, no, you can't do this. He said, listen, either you help us, either you do it, or we're going to kill you. 
says, kill me, do whatever you want with me. I'm not doing anything. I'm going against you. And what they do? Okay. They said, no problem. You don't want to help us? You don't want to do it with us? We're killing you. And they killed him. Just like that. So, what happened all the, uh, after all this? Who just lost his life. He sacrificed his life. For what? Just to get killed? Just to get nothing out of return? Chazal say, no. You see what Khur got? Khur got a grandson that he himself is going to help build the, the, the Mishkan. He's going to be the one to watch everything, how it's done, to monitor everything, and everything goes well. So any type of misirut nefesh that you do, even if you don't, even if the person doesn't see it in his life, obviously Khur died. Even if it wasn't that he had already kids, grandkids, whatever it is, no one will see. Like nowadays we have it whenever we have kids, whenever we're 20 something. I think it said Kalev. Kalev, when he was, Kalev was actually Khur's father. Kalev, I saw in the commentary that he said when he was 40 years old, Bitzalel was already born. Meaning that, who's Bitzalel for, for Kalev? Kalev is Bitzalel's great-grandfather and he was only 40 years old. Meaning that they were about eight years old when they already had their, their, their kids. So, but if it was on our generation, would people get their first kids in 23 something, 23, 25, whatever it is, or probably 20 in the, in the minimum. So, we wouldn't see it happening in our lives. We would have see it happening in the generation. So, so who? took his life and because of that he got Bitzal'el, he got a very big school to have Bitzal'el. So, question is, another question, who is the one that started this Egil? What, Ami said, just right away, said, oh Moshe is gone, so now we're going to make Avodah Zarah, we're going to start Avodah Zarah. Not even, you have, few minutes passed, they saw Moshe died. They can't just go to someone else, go something else, go to one of the Gdurado, say, we want you now. They have to make uh, now an idol. So Mephashim come and explain that it wasn't Bnei Yisrael that just jumped and wanted to do Avodah Zarah. Who was it? It was the Erev Rav. The Erev Rav were the fake converts that came, the Mitzrim, they were scared. So some of them came, a lot of them actually, Mephoshim say there was more than uh, Am Yisrael, that they came and they converted, so to speak, but they falsely converted. They were still with their Avodah Zarah, they were still with their Tum'ah, that they came, so they started influencing Am Yisrael. So, they started all this. And not only that, also, unfortunately, nowadays we also still have it, but we don't have it as we have them, we have it that they started, that they, how they, they were certain people, they were the Mitzrayim and they started problems. Nowadays we even have, have people that right under our noses, we don't even know who it is. Could be people that call themselves rabbis, people that call themselves mukubalim, but they just come and take money, they just come and swindle you off. They come and lie to you, whatever it is, they don't go according to the Torah. And they cause a lot of problems. 
So these are the these are the the ill of love, the one that always caused us problems, and the one still causing us problems now. Now, usually, usually go together. If it's not a leap year, they go together. This year's a leap year, so there's it's not together. It's separated. Last week was vayakel. This week's pikudei. So then, if we go to if we go to vayakel, to chapter thirty-five, verse five. And we see what what Hashem told Am Yisrael whenever He said to bring the things for the Mishkan. What does He say? What does He say? He says first thing that He says: take for your take from yourselves a portion from for Hashem. Everyone whose heart motivates him shall bring it the portion of for Hashem. Gold, silver, and copper. Now, you look at this, you ask, the Chachamim ask, why gold? First thing that you ask is gold? Why gold? Gold is the thing that started this whole issue, started this whole problem. The, the Mephoshim explained that if it wasn't for the Chet Eger, we wouldn't need the, the Mishkan. Hashem would be with us. Everywhere we go, it would be there. It would be with us as a nation. He wouldn't need the Mishkan to be there and then we come over there to see him. He would be with us. So the whole entire thing of the Mishkan is because of the Chet Egel. That's why we had to make the Mishkan. So Hashem says, okay, fine. I'm not going to be Mamash attached to them like like I'm sitting, like resting on top of them. But I'll be here. I'll be in the Mishkan anytime you want. So... So why the gold? So in the Ma'am Loez, the Ma'am Loez brings the Sifte Kohen, brings the Sifte Kohen, and explains that Hashem wanted to show the world that Am Yisrael did not bring the gold. For the Chet Ekel, for the, the golden calf. Who was it at first? The ones that started the whole thing? As we said before, it was the El of Rav. So Hashem wanted to show the whole world. Yes, this thing happened, this whole entire Balagan happened, but it was not, it was not Am Yisrael that started it. It was the El of Rav. It was the, the Mishnah Bura, the Ma'am Noez, brings a Mashal. Brings a mashal that says there was a king that had a wife that he loved very, very much, very loyal wife, very loving wife. And there was a rumor in the kingdom that this wife was unloyal. She was with someone else. She was with one of the top ministers of the palace. And the king he wanted to see if it was true, so he started investigating. And he saw that this was not. It was bemet. It wasn't true. People just started making up rumors, started making up lies. So what did he do to show everybody that it's not true? He made a whole entire banquet, a very beautiful, lavish banquet. And he sat the wife next to him and he invited everyone. And not only that, 
the person that that the rumor was that he was with the king's wife, the king invited him and set him next to him on the other side to show everybody that this rumor is not true. This rumor, he's still my best friend, she's still my wife. This rumor is not true. So the same way that Hashem asked for gold to show that these rumors is not true. These rumors, it was all the El of Love that initiated it. Now if you look at this week's Parsha again, you see the first Pasuk. El Pukadea Mishkan, Mishkan Aedut, Asher Pakad Al Pi Moshe, Al Pi Moshe, Avodat Halviim Biyad Itamar Ben Aharon Kohen. So, Shemot Rabba asks over here a question. Says, as we read, El Pukadea Mishkan, why does it say Mishkan twice? Say these are the things of the Mishkan. We read it in English. These are the reckonings of the tabernacle, the tabernacle of testimony, which were reckoned at Moshe's bidding. The labor of the, the Levites was under the authority of Itamal, the son of Aaron Cohen. Why does it say the tabernacle twice? So comes Shemot Rabbah and says that this word Mishkan is very similar to the Hebrew word Mashkon. Now Mashkon is in what in English what we like to call what we call a collateral or security. Meaning if someone has a loan with someone, he says, I'm not, no problem giving you this loan, but can you give me something for security, for collateral? Let's say if you don't pay or something, if if I if I let you borrow something, can I at least have this pen or something, this pencil? So that if you don't pay me, I could I could use this as collateral. So that's what mashkon is. Mashkon is the collateral. So what does this come to teach? Okay, fine. It just means collateral. And what is collateral? What is what does that have to do with anything? So as we said. That if someone has a loan and they don't pay the loan, what can, what happens? I take I keep this. I let I use this or this I'm using for example, but it could be a much bigger thing. So the same way with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, I have the Mishkan over here. I'm giving you guys a gift. I'm giving Torah. I'm giving you Mitzvot. What does he say? says, you do the mitzvot, good, I'll be connected with you, you'll have mishkan, you have bit mikdash, you have everything, you have the connection with me, with me. You have Yerushalayim. But what does Hashem do? What is What happens? Hashem says, if you follow Torah, good. Then He gives so many brachot. But he says, but if you start going away from my Torah, if you start going away from me, what am I going to do? I'm going to take, I'm going to take it back. I'm going to take the, I'm going to use the, the, the mashkon that I give you. What's the mashkon? You could also see, basically says that we could, that if we start sinning, what is Hashem going to do? He's going to send the goyim. He's going to say, listen, take back what I, what I gave them until, until when? Until they do tshuva. 
But we could ask, but the Mishkan wasn't destroyed. Mishkan technically still exists. So what did Hashem take away from us? Also we see the Sifte Kohen comes again and says, we see from the global word Mishkan, Mishkan, that we see what's Mishkan, Mishkan? The two Beit HaMikdash. Two Beit HaMikdash that Hashem took away whenever we sinned. First time was with, with was Ben Adam Lamakom. We did the three carnal sins. We did Avodah uh, Zarah, this is uh, idol worship. We murdered, we killed people. And Giloy Arayot. Giloy Arayot is promiscuous crimes. Promiscuity. And the second Bet HaMikdash. The second Bet HaMikdash was taken away from us because of Ben, ben, ben Adam Lechavero. Between man and his fellow. This because we we had baseless hatred. Baseless hatred we had towards any random Jew. Any Jew, if he's Hasidish or Ashkenaz, I don't like you because you have this random thing. Random baseless hatred for no reason. This is Ben Adam Lechavero. People think that, oh, you want to bring the, Bet- the, the third Bet HaMikdash? You have to fix Ben Adam Lechavero. The, between man and his, uh, and, his, and his friend. But it's not only Ben Adam Lechavero, it's also you have to fix Ben Adam Lechavero. Hashem took two Beit HaMikdash away. You have to fix, uh, fix Ben Adam Lemakom to, to fix the relationship between man and Hashem. We do Averot all the time, unfortunately. We have to do Tshuva. That's how we're going to bring the, beta, the third Beit HaMikdash. Because if we don't do Tshuva, if there's one person to Tshuva, he won't be there when Mashiach comes. The other Jews will be there. Everything will be very good. But if this guy doesn't do Tshuva, he's still doing these big sins. That's the basics of Judaism to not do. He's not going to be, even be there to see the third Beit HaMikdash. It will come eventually. It will come very soon. Bezat Hashem. But it's dependent on our Tshuva. Ben Adam Lechavero, Ben Adam Lechavero. Imam Loez also comes and brings a very interesting thing that it says this is not only about not only about the Mishkan Hashem says you do the you do the sins I'm gonna I'm gonna take away the the Beit HaMikdash, Mishkan, whatever it is also it applies to nowadays not only that we have to respect the Mishkan, we have to respect the Beit HaMikdash. But the Mamna always brings and says, this, the first Pasuk, says there's a remez in this Pasuk, there's a hint in this Pasuk that says, that explains the sin of neglecting Torah and also not giving enough honor to the Torah, not respecting it enough, not honoring enough. How is it not honoring it enough? The Mamre Wez explains how it's a very big punishment, this thing. It's a very big problem that people do. The people, they come and they disrespect the Torah. Hashem comes, uh, Yamiyahu, Jeremiah, comes in 
in uh, chapter 9, verse 11, and he asks Hashem, he asks, he says, why was your precious and holy land destroyed? Meaning, why was Yerushalayim destroyed? Why was the Beit HaMikdash destroyed? Why? What did we do? What, what did we do to deserve this? What did Hashem answer him in the next pasuk, next verse? He says, because they have abandoned my Torah and have and I, and I have placed that I have placed before them, they have not listened to my voice and have not walked in it. This is in Jeremiah nine twelve. Now, if you specifically go to each of the small parts of this pasuk, Hashem says three things. He says they have abandoned my Torah. And he says that I have placed before them. And he also says they did not they have not listened to my voice. Why these three parts? Now, the Muhammad always comes and explains this. Whenever we say Rizota Torah, whenever we come to the to the Bet, uh, Bet Knesset and we see the Torah, what do we do? Either with our pinky or we do it with the talit. We say Rizota Torah. Rizota Torah, and what do they do? They turn around and they start talking about shtiot. They start talking about their own things. How was the coffee taste? How was your work? How was this? How was that? Random things in the middle of the... While well, the Sefer Torah is out. It says... Because they have abandoned my Torah, which I have placed before them. What does it mean, placed before them? Shem says, when the Sefer Torah is before you, I put the Torah in front of you. What are you doing? You turn around, you go do whatever you want. You go talk. You even leave the Bet, the bet Midrash, the, uh, the Bet Knesset. You're actually not allowed to leave the room whenever the, bet, the, the Sefer Torah is open. You're not allowed to leave the room. To get coffee, to get whatever, you're not allowed to leave. You're not allowed to talk. In other talk, and he also continues as he says, and they did not listen to my voice. This is speaking about people who come to the synagogue and joke with one uh, with one another while the while the Torah is being read. You're not you're not allowed to speak to your friend whenever the Sefer Torah is open. When the Sefer Torah is open, you have to give it respect. Now this is a very big, serious. Uh, violation, and it says this is a great sin. The one who call, the one who does it has no portion in the God of Israel, because he is being disrespectful to God. Hashem is right now. The Sefer Torah is right now open. Hashem is here. Hashem is. Even whenever Hashem is not here, you're talking about you're talking stupidity in the Bet in the Bet Knesset. Even you're talking the Bet Knesset by itself, just random words, not words of Torah. And there's actually halachot that says when the Chazan is reading from the Sefer Torah, you can't even open up Tehillim and read. You can't read Tehillim, you can't pray Tefilot. It says over here one thing that you see, it's crazy. It says. It says, even someone that's praying, you might have thought, 
Okay, let's say someone, we have a scenario, someone comes late to shul. They already started, we say Shabbat, they already started Torah reading, he comes late, he has to start Shachalit. He wants to start right now, no, they start to read. What does he do? You might thought, okay, fine, he could read, he could catch up, that's it. It says, even praying, even praying, you're not allowed to do. Why? Because it says, it says in Mishle, Proverbs, it says in Proverbs 28.9, what does it say? He who takes his ear away from hearing Torah, his prayers is also, his prayers, his prayer is also an abomination. Meaning Hashem sees your prayers, sees your tefillot as toivot, as toivah. Doesn't like your tefillot. Why? Because there's Sefer Torah right now open. Even saying tefillot is not, is not, not good. Now, there's one story that I want to finish off with, a very nice story that I saw. It speaks that speak about speaks about last week. We, there was a pasuk in Vayakera. I told you Vayakera and Pekudei usually together. So there's a pasuk that we all know of. So what does it say? Do not ignite any fire on Shabbat in all your dwelling places. Now there's an emperor named Hadrian, Adrianus. Adrianus, at the time of Rav Yeshua ben Hanania, he came to Rav Yeshua ben Hanania one time. Midrash says, what does he say? He says, Yeshua ben Hanania, I am greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. Adrianus said this. He says, I am greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. Now he says, why do you think you're greater than Moshe? It's because I see it in your own, in your, your own Tanakh, in your own scripture. It says, what does it say? It says in Kohelet, in Ecclesiastes 9.4, says, a live dog is better than a dead lion. Meaning, okay, I'm a dog, no problem. Moshe was a lion, but he's dead. I'm alive, I'm better. I'm better than him. Sounds like a good, sounds good, yeah, no? So it says, since you are the emperor, can you make a law that no one shall light a fire for the next three days? She says, of course, of course I can. It's okay, make the, make the law. Hadrian came and made the law. No one can light fire for three days in his house. In his house, no fire at all. For three days. And it's not like nowadays you have lights, LEDs. Not really, it's not, not really fire. You could manage without fire. Even heaters are not really fire. No, they use electricity. No fire. Okay, back in the day, you don't have fire. You don't have hot food. You don't have heat. You don't have a light. You have nothing. So, first night, the king and Rabbi Yeshua went to the top of the building, to the roof of the palace, and they were looking at a distance. They looked and they saw, wait, what is that? Smoke over there. Why is there smoke? Adrian tells one of his servants, go check it out. What's happening? Servant comes back. He says, Adrian, Emperor, 
this person in the house, he's sick and he needs hot water, so he boiled water. That's why there's fire. So the emperor said to the rabbi, he says, he says, uh, no, you know, he had to go because he had to light a fire. He has, he had to drink something warm. Yeshua ben Khanani says, excuse me. He says, the words, may your bones rot. He says, don't give me this shtiot. He says, you are still alive and people violate your command. You said you're better than Moshe. You said you're better than Moshe. But you, you're, you're still alive. People violate what you say. And still you can say that you're better than Moshe. You can say that you're better. Moshe said, what did Moshe say? He says, do not kindle any fire in your dwelling places on Shabbat day. And until this day, what do we do? Many thousands of years later, what do we do? We still follow what Moshe says. We still follow what Moshe says. And we do not light fire on Shabbat. We do not light fire on Shabbat. Moshe, he's dead. But we still follow him. You're alive. People don't follow you. People do whatever they want. Even if it's a thing, I'm a little bit uncomfortable, so I want to drink a little bit of water. He says, you're not better than Moshe, you're not better than anyone. Mesrat Hashem, we will come, we will learn from the story of Chul, that never think that whenever you're putting Mesirut Nefesh, you're sacrificing yourself for the Torah, for what Hashem says, for what's right, for the truth, the honor of the Torah, no matter what anybody says, any of the Rishayim could come over to you, we want to do this, we want to do that, you say no. Standing what the Halakha says, standing what the Torah says, you will not lose anything. We learn from Yisrael Nefesh. And we will also learn, so that Hashem to get back the collateral that Hashem took back from us, the Mishkan, the Beit HaMikdash, Rasat Hashem, we will see the Mashiach soon. Bim Hirabi Amen, Amen.